Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. This is, of course, the Fizzle Show, where we talk about how do you earn a living doing something that you actually care about. Uh, and beyond that, just how do you do the modern online business thing? More and more of us, of us are sort of finding not only our life, but our work as well on the internet. Those are the kinds of things we discuss here. Every Friday, we publish another conversation about the art and science of doing something you actually care about for a living. Um... Uh, on the show today, Steph Crowder, Corbett Barr, and me, Chase Reeves. Barrett is unfortunately out of town, so this one is going to be a good one. <laughs> and that was a total dig. On the show today, here is what we are talking about. How I memorize my video script lines. Well, that's just that's like one of the things we get into. It's actually a current events show where we each brought a few things to discuss, covering things like, uh, you want to know more about how we prepare for public speaking? You want to hear about that one time Steph literally ruined a sleepover? You want to hear about the Tesla driverless car? You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. Done. All of those. And honestly, I had a blast recording this episode. It's honest. It's raw. It's uh, it. it, it it feels like what it's like to be in the room with us when we're li- like just getting work done and we're talking about regular life as well as, uh, as, as the specifics of what marketing campaign we should run next. Okay, so it's a smorgasbord of rewarding and profitable tidbits. And that might scare you away that there's a bunch of different stuff. Where, hey man, where's the 10 points for marketing excellence? Then uh, then this maybe the show isn't for you, uh, this episode. But uh, I think you'll be surprised. There's a lot of good stuff in here. All right, follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 130. That's 130. I'll be back after this to fill in any gaps. Right, guys. Uh, we're back in the we're back in the in the in the saddle. Back in the saddle again. Well, we're like seventy five percent back in the saddle. Oh, That's true. Do, 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 do. Dude, that riff is great. Yeah. I wish our listeners back at home could see my face literally like yeah. <laughs> popping as I do it. I can see I your face you in my brain. Burst a couple of uh, vessels there. We are seventy five percent full. Who are we missing today? We're missing uh, the Barrett to the Brooks. I was just, I was like, I got nothing. I was trying to, I was trying to like head somewhere with that uh, and I couldn't figure out which way to go. The other day, uh, somebody wrote me an email and said, oh, hey, Corbett, I'm really sorry that I missed you at FinCon. Uh, I really wanted to catch up with you, um, but maybe we can schedule a time to chat, blah, blah, blah. And I said, uh, I wrote back and I said, you must have me confused with Chase because I wasn't at FinCon. But I was. But Chase was at FinCon. Uh, and uh, he's like, no, I, I know what chase looks like and he was he was there i saw him but you were sitting at a table right and no i wasn't so, so weird evidently i have a <laughs> doppelganger but it, it got me thinking uh we people must be really confused by our names sometimes oh yeah between yeah. between barrett and me especially and mm-hmm. then you throw in it's just you know it's confusing you know if gmail is confused by it that then the, then regular people are confused by it because every time i try to write an email to either barrett or corbett bar yeah it's just like which one which one which yeah. one is it gonna be which one which one, did i get it hey, yeah here, here's who i think you mean and i'm like no it's literally the other one I every predict, time i predict one eventually that will cost one of your relationships with one of us it, oh my uh, God. Or, uh, you'll like, send the wrong email to the wrong person about the wrong thing what was the the james clear thing that i saw um earlier today that uh, i think was it an article that he just did which was like mistakes that are uh, that the mistakes you can't come back from the list of mistakes you can't actually recover from is very small. It's pretty small. I love that idea. Yeah. Of like the 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 number of things that you could if you made a list of all the things that if you did these things, then you, you could never recover from them. Yeah. That's a very small list. And what do you pretty think, easy to avoid. What do you think John Voigt did to Angelina Jolie? Because I think they're estranged. They probably are estranged. But you know what? He's the midnight cowboy. I mean, I like I don't I don't know. He he's on a different planet. I guess so. <laughs> you know? That's a hell of a you, thing to bring up. <laughs> have, you, have you ever done something you can't recover from? Um, you, you haven't recovered okay, from? Okay, so uh, th- this can be the first topic. Today we're talking about uh, sort of a current event and sort of uh, just like this. This Corbett has an internet show called This Week in Lifestyle Entrepreneurship. Something or other. Uh, dot biz. <laughs> and... Um, and and this will be sort of like a... a we, we For as long as you screw up that name, 
when you have a new project coming out, I'm going to do the same. You should. You. Yeah. <laughs> you should. My dad growing up, it was always, how's, uh, how's Adrian? Dad, Andrea. <laughs> I've, I've dated her for four years. Her name's Andrea. Yeah, how's she? <laughs> <laughs> it was just like always, always. So you're just uh, gonna dad me. I thought I, you were gonna say Aiden. Actually, I mean, when you say <laughs> yeah. My dad doesn't even know my son's name. Yeah. He calls him Aiden Aid. Yeah, because he thinks it's really neat. It's pretty funny. <laughs> He's like, ah, it's such a good nickname, Aiden Aid. Strong, <laughs> strong. So, um, how have I ever done anything that I haven't bounced that I haven't been able to come back from or recover from? Well. Uh, it depends, recover into what, right? Getting everything back to 100% what it was like before. Well, that's no way to live because life is kind of about progress and change, right? Yeah. It's it's kind of about evolution. Um, and even Tony Robbins says that, like this, the whole point of this thing is progress, mm -hmm. just personal progress, let alone like global progress yeah. or something like that. So, so recovery, so the thing that you're afraid is going to keep you from that, like that is going to mess everything up could very well be the thing that like actually... Creates takes, some opportunities. Takes you to the next. To you the see next that place. with celebrities all the time. Actually, they just like the more they screw up, the more popular yeah. they become. It seems like. Yeah. Who is I? Who is I? Uh, um. By, by the way, there's a. I'll I'll find a way to put this in the show notes. There's Ashton Kutcher. Someone. Uh. Uh. uh I think it was. Uh. Uh. Joe who put this in Facebook and and tagged me. Was the Ashton Kutcher on the like the whatever the people the kids choice awards or something like that? It was like all the eleven year olds. Um. Gave a little a little speech. He got an award. And he gets up there looking, you know, just like he was like in the back splitting wood and like and that, like in between meetings to VCs and, and like and yeah. also chopping some and wood. And lumberjack stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but he gave a kind of a uh, kind of an OK speech. Uh, but the sentiment was good. Just about like, listen, you, he, he gave my favorite quote from Steve Jobs. My favorite Steve Jobs quote. Probably one of my favorite quotes of the whole world was when Steve Jobs says, He's working at Next. He's in his Canadian tuxedo, all denim, all the way down, button all the way up to the top, mop head uh, uh, haircut. And he's, he's talking about like, you know, everything around you that you call life was made up by people who are no smarter than you are. So effectively, you're kind of like living in their world. And he says, um, the subtext here is, he said, <laughs> so I tripped on a bunch of acid <laughs> in the mountains, in the Himalayas, and, uh, and I realized that I was living in someone else's world and that I could live, I could make the world that other people live in instead. If I poke the, poke the, the, the construct here, something else over there would pop out. And it's, just, it's this sense that like, there are no rules. The rules that do exist will only last a little while. Right. And, and, and the rules that, that have listed for, li lasted for a while, they were made up by by white, dumb white guys. That's what that's what all the rules are. All the rules are you're in or you're out. Right. And I just listened to a podcast. One of my favorite podcasts is called Roderick on the Line. And Ro John Roderick was in a band called Long Winters uh, before that, you know, longtime Northwest guy. And he's 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 bemoaning the fact that he's all this great, like, you know, guitar and instrument and, and amplifier ephemera knowledge he's like i have a whole room in my brain with just shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves of this information about this stuff that i just don't get to use anymore and i'm sort of similar he like where where i i geeked out about that exact stuff for a very long time and i felt very much that it was important that i nailed that and now the world has moved on yeah people are like just get a line six just get a, a this, that, and the other. Get one of these mod, these these amp modulators right. in your computer. Get this, that, and the other. Where you can, like, yeah. it's, it's almost there. It's so like you get a hundred mods in one. It's like close enough, yeah. right? And the world has moved on. Uh, and and there will always be space for the ephemera and the and the, and the old school type stuff um, because there is a real sound quality there. But what I'm realizing is everything. Like you could get really good at Bitcoin. Just nail Bitcoin, right? And there's always a chance that the world will have moved on in 30 years and your knowledge about Bitcoin, just like LaserDisc, somewhere out there, someone knows like what the best LaserDisc player to get is and what the best, you know, right. like all of that stuff. Spent tons of time thinking about it. Yeah, and there's there's always that chance and there's a chance that the world could move on in six months or something. Yeah. I mean, you could have been the world's greatest GeoCities or MySpace expert yep. and then it's gone uh, totally. a few years later. But there's also like tremendous opportunity there, like you saw with Vine, right? When you get in yeah. on something early, it's kind of easy to start making inroads mm -hmm. with all the people that matter T on totally. a platform. And all you can do is kind of like, is is all you can do is try stuff out. 
right? You know, like with when new stuff, new social networks, new things like Bitcoin, new, new things like that. With guitar for me, I felt like I was inheriting or I was walking into a world and I was the idiot at the party. And I had to, I had to stay in the background, in the shadows, learning as much as I possibly can, watching how everybody interacted, watching what the truth about these different amps are and like how, where I should put things in my signal chain and all this other stuff. Right. Because there was a whole world that existed. Whereas with Bitcoin, Bitcoin potentially, yeah. or with Meerkat yeah. or Periscope, it's like no, we're we're writing this we're right now. We're inventing it. Yeah, we're inventing this all right now, right? So, um, anyway, so what we'll do today is we'll talk a little bit about some current events stuff, and we'll uh, we'll 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 just we'll just have some fun. We're just loosening up our collars a little bit, right? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, this is uh, if you go back to the early shows, the early shows when when we had the inimitable Caleb Wojcik with his Waj bombs on the show, inimitable, the inimitable Caleb Wojcik on the show. Uh, it was, it was, we had Negroni casts, some of our biggest shows were, were when Corbin and I would be in the same room. I think people were literally tuning in because it was a train wreck. About yeah. To happen. No, it, but it was great. It was great. Cause what happened is it, what happened was just sheer energy. It was like, you know what they're trying to do at CERN, you know, where they've got mm. the large Hadron yeah. Collider. We were doing that in, in my, in like your room in San Francisco with a couple Negronis. And and Caleb was just sitting there going like, "What is happening now?" <laughs> Caleb was just thinking like, "These guys really can't hold their liquor." <laughs> <laughs> we're just sitting there, red faced, going like, "I remember, I remember when it dawned on us that a Negroni is equal parts gin, sweet vermouth, and Campari." Yeah, we had been used to drinking Fernet and Coke on sure. the show, and Fernet is a is like a very light in the boozy sort of thing, uh, and Coke has zero booze at all. But what we were doing was booze, booze, and booze <laughs> in a Negroni. I think it was, took like three shows for us to realize yeah. we're we're just boozing it up. Yeah, one Negroni <laughs> is about a fifteen minute long fuse. Yeah, exactly. Steph, okay, so uh, Steph, yeah, Steph. Since uh, since you've been on the podcast, have we done any sort of boozy shows? No, I don't think so. No, we. I mean, we used to literally ask Caleb on the other line in San Diego or wherever yeah. he might have been, like. What you drinking today, Caleb? Yeah, yeah, we did. We used to. It would it would be like we're drinking this, and this is what we're going to talk. We about. We also podcasted at like five in the afternoon. Yeah, maybe when Barrett came on, it kind of changed because <laughs> that sob was over in. He in was Georgia. like, "All right, guys, all right, <laughs> yeah. let's bring it back." And speaking yeah. of bringing, He's like, it my back, parents might listen. Speaking of bringing it back, um, so I asked everybody to bring a couple things to chat about today. Steph, would you like to to start with one? I will, but first I want you guys to know that I've been sitting over here kind of quietly because I want you to know that I have been thinking about, I've, I was sort of worried you were going to ask me if I've ever done anything I couldn't recover from, so I was trying oh, to think no. of something. Do you got something? Okay, yeah, I do, give it, I do yeah. but it's really, it's really pathetic, so hopefully everybody out there gets a laugh out of this. There's This is like one of my worst memories. My heart rate is like going up thinking about this. Oh no. I was in third grade and I was at a slumber party. It was like a really cool birthday party and it was at a hotel. And uh, it's like the middle of the night. It was a bunch of girls. We're having a ton of fun, but I got scared and I wanted to go home. So I wanted to call my parents. I did call my parents and like started crying and told them that I needed them to come pick me up. And in the process, I got all the other girls whipped up and afraid and crying. So I kind of oh, no. ruined the party. And the mom <laughs> of the party thrower was like screaming at me. And um, it, it really ended poorly. Oh, God. So you, you were like never invited again to <laughs> yeah. hang out with him? She was like screaming in my face. It was really, it was really nightmarish. How old were you? I was like eight. Oh, that's not good when an adult has to yell at you. Oh, I love, I love that though, because it's so common to be at a sleepover and freak out. I know. Sure. Like it's like what every like young kids sleepover stuff, like parents need to be like, there needs to be like a kids are freaking out kit. Yeah. Just for, by the way, listener, this is a great niche. You just pick it, make the thing. And uh, and you'll be rolling in the dough, I'm sure. <laughs> just like the kit for throwing a great sleepover. And there's got to be just like the blue box in there that says, by the way, kids often freak out. Here's a few ways to bring them down. Yeah. yeah well, that uh, that that uh, mail service kind of blew my mind. I for know. Kids. I know. Yeah. Oh, man. That was so thing? cool. Well, we got we talked about it last last week. Uh, yeah. Hooray mail. That show. Hooray mail. Yep. Hooray mail. <laughs> okay. But I do have a real, real current event to bring to the table. So I'm going to talk about something that's fizzle related because I'm really excited about it. And I think all of us are really excited and all our fizzler listeners are super excited. But we got brand new forum upgrade. Oh, that's in, right. We haven't, yeah, we haven't had a, we haven't had a, a, a fizzle true. show yet. That's yeah. True. So we were all together in Portland last week, just hamming it up. And Corbett was working super hard to execute this very customized forum upgrade for us. And we're really pleased with the results. There are a couple little things that we're still fixing, but for the most part, it's a huge improvement. And not only does it just look a heck of a lot better and it's sleek and 
just kind of cool, but it also includes uh, a brand new question and answer forum that's kind of Quora-like. Um, it's got some social media components to it because you can tag people. There's a calendar of events that um, I'm working on updating to show absolutely everything that we have to offer in Fizzle, mm. whether it's in-person meetups or Fizzle Fridays. Yeah. So in general, it's been it's been really fun to be inside the forums, and I think people are digging it. God, it's such a big difference for me to at least, I mean, there's so there's all sorts of great features. Like to me, the Q&A thing's a really big deal. But one of the biggest things is just the overall aesthetic of it <laughs> makes more sense. Yeah. Like in honestly, it it's all the same. It's all, it's all pretty much in the same spot, but it just looks better. It, it, it looks a lot easier better. to be in. Well, and it's also more engaging because now uh, when you go to the, the homepage of the forums, you get a section up top, which says popular now, which shows you the five hottest conversations that are happening uh, you know, judged on how many people have replied in the past day or something. So it just kind of like loops you in right away into what's happening in the community. Whereas before you had to do a little bit of digging. So, Oh man. And I do love the mentioning people. The yeah, fact that just like totally. on Twitter or Facebook, you can just put an at sign and start typing someone's name and boom, corporate bar pops up. Boom. Steph. Boom. Sven Hendricks. <laughs> that's, that's a person's name. <laughs> that's a person's name. Hey, Sven. Sven's right at the top of the yeah. hot of the popular now. <laughs> Hopefully, Sven is listening to this. Ah, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, nice. Yeah, that's a good one, Steph. Yeah, yeah. totally. We're that's... we're pumped, and it, and it seems like so far the the um, people are excited about it as well. There's there are a lot of people online yep. at all times. Right now, there's 20 people on. Uh, I saw upwards of 30 people on over the weekend. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm in there every day and I'm having a hard time keeping up. And that's a good sign that a lot of people are chatting. So that's pretty cool. Real bunch of chatty Cathy's in there. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yep. It's a bunch of chatty Cathy's in there. Um, so uh, Corbett, what do you, what do you got? One, what's the, what's the thing? Uh, can, can we just commiserate for a little while? Yeah. Y- actually, you're probably not going to be of any use. Maybe Steph will. I'm not sure. What? But um, I am prepping a talk right now for a conference this weekend uh, called Pioneer Nation, which is here in Portland. It's actually up on Mount Hood. I think there are still some tickets available. Where do you go um, for that? Pioneer. Hold on, look it up. You keep talking. Yeah. Anyway, Chris Gillibo is putting it on, and uh, he did one of these last year. Of Chris Gillibo. Gillibo. It's just PioneerNation.com. So you you talked at the the event last year, uh, Mm -hmm. Chase. This year, I'm giving a... I think there's a difference between talking and bringing the house down. Yeah, you brought yeah. the house down last year. <laughs> yeah. So this year, this year, I'm doing a, a, a main stage talk as well as a workshop. And um, workshops, I don't mind so much because they're, they're all about you know working the audience, trying to get them to walk through some exercises and leave with something. They're about action. They're about Rather action. than just like keeping you entertained. Yeah. A talk, on the other hand, man, I have a hard time preparing for talks. I, yeah. always, uh, I always get worked up into a lather about them. Um, mostly in the preparation stage while I'm putting the talk together, trying to get 30 or 45 minutes or sometimes 60 minutes worth of material together and then rehearsing the hell out of it to make sure that I don't flub it when I'm on stage. Mm -hmm. It usually turns out when I'm on stage, it always turns out that I'm nervous for like a minute when I start talking and then you forget about it and you're totally fine once you're, once you're on cruise control and you're, Mm -hmm. you're doing what you already rehearsed. But man, leading up to it, that is uh, for me just like so stressful, and yeah. Yeah. I think partly it's it's because I don't do it enough. I I give a talk like once or twice a year, and I should probably do it more, um, but I'm reticent to do that because of the stress that it causes, and it also takes a lot of time. I mean, I'm I'm spending a week or so to get ready for this. Yeah, so, so that's something that's different between you and me. Is is I always like I'm pumped as heck to get on stage. I'm always nervous. I'm always nervous putting together a talk like I get like full on flushes. Like, do you ever, does this happen to you where you like kind of have like a, like you'll be two weeks away even, but you, yeah, and all of a sudden you panic. A picture of like you on stage, like doing the thing. Yeah, not, not, and it's like panic. It's nervous. It's, and it's excitement. like right before you go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. That's when I take these cortisol suppressor pills. They're great. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that, that, that flush as well all the time. And, in some ways, I feel like for me, that's kind of fuel. Totally. It's just the, it's like the adrenaline yeah. that's kicking you in the butt to do the work because you do have a lot of work to do. I think you're talking about your backside. Sorry. It's a family show. <laughs> Thank you. When I'm speaking in public, I get the thing where, I don't know if you guys get this, I get like a second voice in my head. So I have like two competing voices, the voice that's keeping me on track and the one that's like threatening to tell me that I'm messing it up. That's the worst part. <laughs> the one that's going, did you see that person over there? Uh, she's looking at you right now. Yeah. I think yep. you just messed it up. Yep. Yeah. She doesn't agree with you. Yep. No, totally. Um, it, it's, it's, it, it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's a whole other thing. And, and I'm, I, it's something I've thought so much about and I've done quite a bit of 
but still never turned done enough to like turn pro in it. Yeah. So yeah. every time it's like a new thing for me. Yeah. I mean, that's it, the problem. In my in my time at Groupon, like being in sales training, I was doing it every single day, and I would still get nervous every day. So I don't know that it ever fully yeah. goes away. I think if it goes away, that might mean you don't care about it. So in some ways, the nerves are a good a good thing. Yeah, but I know, for example, that with podcasting, there's like no nerves anymore. Yeah. Except now when I say that, I'm like, oh my God, yep. people are listening to this <laughs> right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and uh, with video, not a whole lot of nerves. Yeah. Whereas a couple of years ago, it was like, what are the, you yeah. know, in yep. front of the totally. camera. Totally. And now it's like, fine. So I feel like if I talked more, I would get better at it, at least better at the process and not so freaked out for the week yeah. leading sure. up to it. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And here's one trick. Okay, so here's weird. I was just... Uh, on the phone yesterday with my friend Josh Ship, who's like a professional speaker. He's done this for the last 15 years. He tours with big names and he's like always the keynote guy. He's amazing. So he just did his big Ted Ed talk, which is, which is, I think it's much bigger than a Ted X, but Josh not quite is one of those guys that just like has so much confidence on stage. Oh, yeah. He's because, ridiculous. But he like, if you see the footage of him, he has like, he does this thing. If you get on his email list, I think it's part of his autoresponder where he'll show you his, ver- like, like, here's how bad I was. And you watch it and you're like, oh my God, it is really bad. But he, he <laughs> was just, like, it's this little kid and his No, oh, he was like 16 or, 16 or 17. Yeah. He's a little kid in a big suit <laughs> talking about like the three C's of confidence. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Um, but we did a we so it was him and then uh the other guy on the phone was Mike Pacione who just who just is he's like the the speaking coach of the stars yeah. he's worked with everybody Trained that with you know Duarte. exactly and he works with Duarte the people who put together the invisible truth people who put together Apple's keynote presentations all and that resonate stuff. which is an amazing Me- book. resonate is an amazing book right and then the other one which is the red one I can't remember which one that is so um two guys who are masters at their thing and then when we so about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, they were they were here with another guy, David Wenzel, who um, basically puts together book proposals, really figures out like what the story is, like gr- like amazing talent in this room. And I just happened to be the guy who got to, you know, say, well, come to my house. <laughs> you know, so I was in the room, too. And it was so much fun hanging with these guys, putting together this amazing presentation. And we, we probably did 100 rewrites of the script, 100 different revisions uh, and and. Uh, Josh was adamant about, uh, you know, practicing it, doing it over and over and over again. So just yesterday we had a talk kind of post-mortem on this. What, what do we wish we'd have done differently? Uh, what, what were the things we could take away? I recorded it. Maybe we'll release it as a podcast episode. It's what Corbin and I were talking about earlier today. But um, one of the things that I found myself saying in that conversation, because I had just spoken at FinCon this, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, and you know what the trick is for me is, you know, the three things you go up to say, like one, one trick is basically you have three index cards. Those are the three things you get to say. You, then you do an intro in the beginning and an outro at the end where you basically, in the intro, you tell them what you're going to tell them. You do one, two, three. And at the outro, you tell them what you told them Yeah. with like, you need, you need three minutes or of just kind of like getting them on your side, show a picture of you with the puppy, tell about the story of when you were super scared. And then you had, you ruined the birthday party. You know, like you do the things where it's like, listen, I'm a person. I'm a person. I'm a person. I'm an idiot. I'm a person. I wear underpants. I have genitals. Like these are just like, we're all gross people. These are all just facts. We're all just, we're all just creatures. Like we yeah. literally, we all have buttholes. Like it's disgusting what we have. And, and so don't be intimidated by anyone. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I love starting there. I always start with a butt. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take that further, but I'm not going to. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the tricks that I that I've come up with is I just I just spend a, a good deal of time, like not just not in the room, like in the conference. So I'm at this kind of the similar energy level as the people who are there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're speaking early, sometimes you're speaking late, and you kind of want to be in sync with them. You know, it's always going to be a surprise if you if you're not, and you're going to get up there and you're like, why isn't this working? Or like, oh my god, it's the end of the day, and they're just tired. Yeah, you know, and I have to re- redo everything. Because I like more of that uh, sort of intuitive uh, thing where you're just on set and you're just kind of like vamping with them. Because you, Corbett, you're great at that. Steph, I know for a fact that you're great at that as well. And so if you kind of see it as like, I've got these three things to say, and I know I've got the quote and the image to sort of nail it home. The story, yeah. the quote, and the image to nail each one of them home. Right. And it's like, oh, okay. Like that's, a, all, like, that's all I need to do is tell the truth. It's yeah. just, there's a quote I found a while ago. I, I have it on my board somewhere. It's just another chance. It's just another opportunity to be honest. That's, and yeah. I love that. I love that. It's just another opportunity to be honest. Just another opportunity to tell the truth. Just another opportunity to just sort of like take off your shirt and go like, I've got love handles and a weird freckle and kind of a birthmarky thing <laughs> going on. I mean, sort of looks like, it looks like Frodo, doesn't it? <laughs> I, lo- I love that. I think starting there is, is uh, <laughs> part of the, of the joke for me 
because we, we talked about uh, potentially doing a fizzle event uh, someday. Uh, this is not official. We are, we, we're not even talking about that as a team. I was just talking about it with some other people. So don't even ask about it. Um, but I was like, what we're going to call it is, of course you're struggling. <laughs> are you going to go to, of course you're struggling in October? <laughs> because that's where we all start out. All right. Sorry, I'm talking too much. No, it's good. Thank I you. Think, Does, I, I'll say one thing too. It's super simple. Just in case there is anybody listening who's like, yeah, God, I have to speak publicly and it drives me crazy and I get nervous too. One thing that I think is like maybe the easiest, most overlooked tip of all time. I was actually saying this to a girlfriend of mine who had to give a maid of honor speech last weekend. And she was asking me what my favorite tip was. This is my favorite tip is literally speak at half the speed that you think you should speak at. Because the fastest way that people seem nervous is when they speak quickly. Mm. If you think about it, if somebody's mm-hmm. really talking, they're talking really fast and they seem really all of a sudden you're like whoa that person is freaking out yeah so if you just slow it down by 50 percent and take the time to like look around the room i just think it surges in terms of your perceived yeah. confidence yeah and that 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 to me one of the the tricks for me is because i love being up there and winging it but that's when i start talking fast that's when i start losing track right and that's when things get that's when the wheels fall off totally you know yeah and so, then, and so for me that's the thing it's like i i really wish i could just write down five ideas and then walk up on stage and deliver them totally but it, it doesn't come out as good as it should when you do that yeah because you miss a bunch of points but that's you're, the thing so you're you that's what like so you can choose that that's worse or you can choose that it's more like in the moment and do the thing if you so that's where it's like almost the simpler you get yeah but I, I I struggle with the same exact thing because all of these points, like I have a quote, like I have a Kurt Vonnegut quote I'm getting to. So how much time should I spend working up to it? That's where it's like each card kind of has a beginning, middle and end. Yeah. So you have three cards and each one has a beginning, middle and end. And and that's spatially. That's another thing. Laying things out spatially on the on the paper that you remember. So you can like, where am I again? Rather than a slide deck where it's just like, dun, 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 dun. Right. You know, the spatial thing that we do when we record. Mm-hmm. The, I'll tell you guys about this. Um, when we record a script, we are basically um, doing for a for a fizzle course. By the way, uh, do you guys know that we uh, we run a, a site called fizzle.co where we have a lot of courses? Have you ever heard of this before, Corbin? No. So there's like all of these courses, right? And it can almost be overwhelming, but they're like amazing. Like how to grow your email list to 10,000 subscribers and beyond. The essentials of web design for business builders, like not designers. Like it guides you through what to put on your site. All of this sort of stuff. There's like 40 plus courses out there. And you don't even have to worry about it at all because we've got this roadmap that just you just go one step at a time straight through it. And you're going to get everything you need just in time, baby. That's what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, now it's kind of ringing a bell. Okay, so yeah. yeah. So you would go to fizzle.co and you just sign up. It's totally for free and you get to kick the tires for a little bit. That's and then, true. But if you just go to fizzle.co, I believe you'll get uh, a one month free trial. If you go to fizzle.co slash try five as a podcast listener, you're going to get a five. Oh, that's amazing. Weeks. I didn't even know about that. So we're yeah. giving five weeks away? Yep. Unbelievable. Just so for listeners. Fizzle.co slash try five. You got it. Just for listeners of this show. Yeah. Oh my God. So we're not even we're not even advertising that anywhere else. This is just like literally a special thing just for these people. That's true. The people who support us every single week listening to the Fizzle Show. That's right. Unbelievable. What a nice thing of you to do. It's, and uh, it's so weird that you knew about that, but you didn't know about what that was for. <laughs> I know. Well, it, it, it all started to come to me eventually. <laughs> I love it. Um, so we record a lot of these courses. We write them in bullet point form, a sentence at a time, basically. And then what we have to do when we're filming them is we were, we're, we're landing a sentence at a time in front of the camera. Well, one of the tricks that I found for that early on was I would place each part of the sentence around the room and make a little metaphor about it. So for instance, I've got a light on me. I've got a whiteboard behind the camera. I've got the camera, and then I've got the little cord coming down with the camera button to, to like autofocus on me. So the light ends up being the first part of the sentence, which is, um, say I'm saying this one, which is uh, uh, this thing that I want to, to talk about in a bit. Going to Europe, so stressful to take time off, right? So the first part is going to Europe. So it's the light. And, and I could think about like the Renaissance. That's where that's, that's like the light of, of the classical thing happened in Europe. So it's like the light now is Europe to me, mm-hmm. right? And the next part is so stressful to take time off work. So I'm, I'm, work is the whiteboard and I can just imagine a squiggly line on there. And it's just like stress. You know what I mean? Little, simple, dumb visual metaphors that are spatially located in the room become imme- like so easy to remember and then ad lib off of. Unless so, you're the kind of person who gets lost all the time. Unless you get lost all the time. In which, But even still, even still, we've got millions of years of spatial recognition going on. That's true. And very few years of actual like like written uh, mnemonic sort of things going on. So for the, for the presentation, if you take a piece of paper and turn it sideways or something and, and place different chunks 
in different places in some sort of logical manner, then you can, if you, so say you have three rows across the top and three rows across the bottom, one, two, three, one, two, and three. Now you can kind of remember where you are spatially in the talk versus just one card after the other. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. That Those kind of little tricks, they go a long way for, because then you're up on stage and you're like, oh, fudge, where am I doing? Where's going? And then you can go like, oh yeah, what's the middle one? Duh. The middle one is this one. So I can just go into that. Um, even if you weren't done with the first one yet, you kind of freaked out. Like that's that's been really, really helpful for me recently. Turning the uh, the paper sideways, drawing two lines in it just to split it in half. I've got three acts now and I can kind of just draw another line through the, through the middle long ways. It's like, okay, I've got six boxes. What am I filling up? These are all just little tricks that I do. I don't know. This has become the episode on exactly how to present, prepare a talk. Actually. This is pretty <laughs> there, good. There you these go. are actually like, these are not like how to prepare a talk, but these are like the little nitty gritty tips and tricks yeah. that are super helpful. Yeah, but the thing is, um, different different, different tricks work yeah. for different people. And the problem with speaking is you get so few opportunities to try yeah, them out. You don't get to practice. You don't even know. It's like it's been a but year since is, I did my last one. Actually, and that is a huge tip. I mean, like guys like Mike Pacquion, he always amazes me. When he's doing a new workshop, he'll always do like two workshops in town for free for his friends where he just practices them. Josh Ship, we, we had two days together, all of us together. Yep. And a good quarter of that time was spent him just pra- just practicing the talk in front of us yeah us listening to it totally it was crazy how much that he knew he needed to do that because i'm always like no that's not fun let's keep talking about about the script let's keep talking about it there's a lot to do he's like nope because every time you do that the sediment kind of like settles a little bit and then you can really see what the contour actually looks like totally yeah i'll i'll read a talk 20 times before i Jeez, give it we see i never do that and i write out word for word what i want to say gosh dang it so that's probably why it's so stressful. Okay, we're moving on from talk stuff now. I'll go I'll go next. I'm going to Europe. It's so stressful to take time off of work. <laughs> <laughs> but did you look at the lamp? I didn't. Oh, the, the whiteboard? I love lamp. Um, I didn't even have to because you've, you don't even have to uh, look at it. So I am going to Europe next week. I'll be, well, I'll be away from the show for two weeks, taking my wife for our 10-year anniversary for a little uh, whistle-stop tour of, of four cities in Europe, uh, Dublin, Ireland, Amsterdam. Paris, France, and Berlin, Nova Scotia. And uh, that I is... I think it's uh, Newfoundland, actually. Yeah, sorry. Berlin, Oslo. That's the that's, that's yes. the Berlin I'm going to. Um, and what we're going to be doing is we're actually making a video of how we met. And, and like the first like oh, nice. three weeks of our of our love story to, for I'm uh, making it just for Aiden, just for my son and potentially other kids. This is the trip where it's like we might have other kids now. So let's go do one more trip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, listen. <laughs> so uh, by so, the way, where is Aiden staying? He's staying with my mom and dad in San Francisco. OK. Yeah. I so was, uh, we're flying down there, the dropping day, him off. I was like, I don't then, know where he's where yeah. he's going to be. So literally we're going to come back and he's going to have a mustache and drive a Corvette and he's going to be a <laughs> douchebag. Totally. He's going <laughs> to. What are you saying? I'm saying, I'm saying, I don't trust the influence of my parents. <laughs> Jesus. I can That's actually, I imagine Aiden is just a tiny man who can just take care of himself. Just like live in your house by himself. <laughs> he kind of, he's pretty independent. He can he's do like, his thing. Uh, yeah, I'll make some uh, hungry man dinners. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm making my own peanut butter and honey. He's like, listen, I just, I know how to make a baked potato and that's really all I want Yeah. <laughs> at this point. So, but what's curious to me is how stressful it can be to actually take time off. Like this week and last week, I mean, it was obviously compounded because it's like we did our like Q4 planning yeah. and we've got a lot of of things in the planned pipeline. out. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and it's really hard to do that and not be able to just tear into all of it right oh. now. But you force yourself to just like, this is what I can take apart yep. before we go right. on the trip. And then also like you have other loose ends that you want to tie up before you leave because yeah. you know that if you don't, when you come back, you're going to have forgotten everything you were working on. Totally. Right? Totally. And so trying to try what I so what I did on this one, this has become like the the absolute this has become my favorite damn tool in the whole world. And we've made like four of them, I think maybe even five of them for the roadmap. And it's just a decision matrix. Mm. It is you can make this listener. You can make this for anything you're thinking about. The thing that's holding you back is the decision you haven't made yet, but you know you need to make it. But you're being a little pansy about it. Do you know what I mean? Or so it, or you just like people have this conversation in their mind. They go back and forth. Yeah. On the pros and cons. Exactly. Pros and cons. That, pros yeah. and cons. And it's like whichever you were thinking of last is winning at the moment. This you're like is, oh this is a good decision. Exactly. Oh, it's a bad decision. Exactly. This is the trick of and I that is what you just explained is me. That's who I am. That's who I've always been. That's the creative habit. That's what I look like 
my whole life right. is just pursuing things, rough riding that through them, just going like, this is amazing. And then getting through it and going like, that was a terrible idea. And then getting really interested about something, not thinking it through and going all the way into it, right? Again and again and again. So what I've done is I've, I wrote all the things that I could possibly get done on a spreadsheet, one, one item at a time. And then on the right-hand side, I just kind of like did a couple columns. One of them is, uh, I can't even remember what I did, but if I was making this up right now, it'd be like importance, like how important is this thing? Then there's time sensitivity. Like, does this need to be done before other things can be done? Yep. Should this be done now? Does this hold my team back if this doesn't get done? Yep. Um, and even if it was just those two, and then the third column is just the total, right? And I could, I could do, I could get smarter with weighting those things, making them multipliers. But so you, you or did this. I did this. I did this, and so I, and and I think I, I actually did it so fast. I actually probably only did. I think I only did one column. I'm trying to remember now because I've crossed off so many things from it because it just was so action oriented. Corbett's crying. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just shed a little tear. <laughs> he, he grabbed a little bit of his lacroix and <laughs> wiped it on his face because this is like how Corbett thinks naturally. Um, so I made this list and I just, I just sorted by the, you know, the, the total there, yeah. what, what is both important and, uh, urgent, so to speak. Yeah. I love it. And, and I, and I, it was just the only way that I, cause I feel I get so incredibly stressed when I've got a lot of things on a list and it's just about plowing through them. Yeah. I, I'm not good at just setting a disciplined pace and going through one at a time and doing the thing and seeing the purpose of each, of each activity. I'm yeah. like always trying to reinvent the wheel always. So what this was is a helpful way for me just to go like, okay, bam, 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 bam. These are the things that have to be done before we leave. And then these are the things that would be great for my team if I had these done so that they can keep working and it's not holding them back. Yep. So I identified those, those two different things. And Nailed then just, it. And then the, oh, the third one was how long it would take. How long does this thing take? So if it's going to take less than 10 minutes, I'm just doing it right now. Mm -hmm. I'm just doing it right now. This is some old getting things done stuff. Doing it right now if it takes less than two or three minutes or something like that, right? Love it. So anyways. Awesome. It was uh, it was fun to. Uh, so that's uh, making you feel better about the trip. It's it, yeah no it, it, like now I'm like coming to the end of the, to, like it's Tuesday and I'm basically feel like <laughs> I've done more in this in like the, it's I mean because I worked all weekend on this stuff I've done more in the last three days than I, than than most of the last few months combined <laughs> just in terms of those little items that you take off nothing massively maybe important. that's a case for taking more vacations yeah no it, <laughs> that I mean we have a great post I'll I'll put it in the show notes on lifestyle uh what what was it called it was a life work life balance yeah this great big thing on work life balance with all these awesome some images that um, that's starting to get a little more play. People are finding it somewhere because I see people tweeting about it a lot. Um, and if you haven't read that, read it. It's got this great picture up at the top with uh, John F. Kennedy and his two kids in the Oval Office, the Oval Awesome. And they and the his uh, kids are dressed up in, in Halloween activities. It's just this amazing picture yeah. of a president doing some family stuff, but in the Oval Office. <laughs> He's like, Daddy's got a sign. So, all right, more like. Daddy's got a sign. <laughs> How do you do it, Jonathan? Ask not. I can't. I'm not getting there. I'm not getting there. Um, so, anyways, uh, taking off time is stressful, but it leads to a. It can lead to a ton of clarity about what's important now. And this idea of like always being productive, it bites you in the ass. Just yeah. like the idea of of hustle, 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 hustle. Always if you closing. Think, if you think you can you can work better on on less sleep, then God bless you. But you know what? That you're you're doing less quality work. You, you you can't even make good decisions. You're just making decisions for more. In in the uh, in the biblical story, you know, there's a bit about Martha and Mary. Right? I can't remember which one's which, but one of them sort of tended to the Lord and was just like, "Hey man, how you doing? Let's just hang out." And the other one was like, oh, "How can you just sit there? There's so much work to do." You know what I mean? And she's like, "Wait, there's not much time we have with the Lord." You know what I mean? And I'm like, "Yeah, that's right. You don't have much time with the Lord." And then, and then, so it's just like busybody or just like lazy, lazy lady. Which one are you gonna be? <laughs> you lost me. <laughs> All right, so that's one thing. Who's next? Nice. Steph, what do you got? Uh, I'll go. Okay, so this is, uh, we're doing kind of current event, like business type stuff too, right? Yeah, of news, course. Sure. News, newsworthy. What do you it. guys, I thought this would be a good conversation. So this, I think this past week, Facebook announced that they're going to introduce a dislike button. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I thought yeah. that was very interesting. I actually read something funny, uh, funnily enough on Facebook. And someone said, this is Facebook's attempt that will probably get you to finally clean your friends list. <laughs> I think oh, that's yeah. exactly how I look at it. All right, so explain how it works. Is it literally like, I don't like what you just said, or 
Yeah. I don't know. I wonder how it's going to show up for people. I don't know. Uh, and I, I, I got, it's not live yet, right, Steph? No, I just kind of, I mean, if you look at Facebook, there's a like button. I, I just envision there being a dislike button with a thumbs down right next to yeah. it. And I'm not sure if you're going to see it, if that's just going to cancel out one of the likes or if it's going to say like, this is really bad or if it's going to say like, Jessica hates what you wrote. I don't know how it'll display it to you. But I was listening to a podcast uh, just before where uh, Merlin Mann was saying, I think we're going to look back on this time as this is the moment when Facebook started losing yeah. and like started getting out of the, <laughs> of, the, of the mainstream, so to speak, which I, I don't know. I can't, I, it's really, it's impossible for me to fathom that. I can't, I can't picture Facebook losing it, but I, I guess there's only one rule and that's that Facebook will be dethroned at some point, whether it's tomorrow or 10,000 years from now. So what do you, what do you guys think is behind that decision? Like if you're well, make, you're the one who's pulling that lever at Facebook, what do you think the end goal is of introducing something like that? Well, hold on. So I, I think that the people are calling it a dislike button, I think to get press in reality, I think what Zuckerberg said, according to this article is that it's important to give people more options than just like, so that they can express empathy and sympathy. So not ah. every moment is a good moment. So you're, you know, when somebody says like my dog died and then you're like, uh, do I hit like, you know, yeah. because so it's more like I empathize with you. I think that's the intent of the button. If it was truly just a dislike button, it, it seems ridiculous, right? Why wouldn't right. you just um, mute somebody or or unfollow them or yeah. whatever yeah. If, if you continually don't like what they're what they're posting? Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. But uh, it's another thing that goes to show like here's the largest social network in the world going like. Quick, quick, quick! We gotta. We're missing people. Quick, quick, quick! How do we make it better? Quick, quick, quick! Iterate, iterate, iterate! You know what I mean? Like how? How is it that? I know. Like the 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 game never ends. It is always life or death. Yeah, and they do change things. It's crazy. To, it's crazy to you guys. Like, uh, it's crazy to me um, how popular and um, just powerful Facebook is compared to other social networks. It just keeps chugging along. Yeah. And when you post something on Facebook. You're likely to get so much more engagement, so many more comments, so many more views than yeah. you would on Twitter or something else. Twitter's kind of turning into a ghost town lately. Yeah, well, I don't know. I I don't I don't feel that at all. Like to me, it's like, and I'm like I since I heard like some mom talking about how oh no, her kids aren't won't even touch Facebook. They're all on Snapchat and Periscope and right. this that and the other because they're interested in the one to fifteen communication just there's there's a small group of friends and i'm like why would i do why would i do snapchat i can't grow a massive audience on there or something like that you right. know that's always that's because i'm a dumb marketer i'm thinking about it that way when these people are like no i want to make this like a real actual like i went to my friends i haven't heard from this guy in a long time he lived with me when we were in dublin ireland he was a painter from south africa and I, he commented on on some thing some photo today and then i was like oh hey man how's it going i'm going back to dublin i wish you were there uh yada 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 and then, uh, then he put a link to his like, because uh, I have some of his paintings. Put a link to his Facebook page, and I realized, oh, here he is. Just like it's just a way for him to show like his paintings. It's not a way for him to grow a huge fanship. He's not. He doesn't. He's not a marketer. He doesn't even know how to use this stuff. Right. But it's providing such a great place to kind of just go and peruse like his painting as like as like a here's what I do. Here's some here's something that I do. Not that it's like yada yada yada. I mean, I make my living as a you know in the galleries and then this that and the other. And I was it was just curious to me to realize. It was really valuable in a small time way beyond like the whole like, what are you doing to grow your Facebook page thing? The fact yeah. that there are real people doing real stuff who have no idea of who, who aren't who are basically who aren't tainted by this. How do I get bigger? How do I get bigger? How do I do this for a living? How do I do this for a living thing? You right. know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just saying uh, if you post the exact same thing on Twitter and Facebook and you've put, you know, oh. similar effort into both of them. Yeah, you're going to get more play years, on Facebook. You're going to get yeah. way more play on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Did you guys notice yesterday that Facebook went down for a little bit? I think no. it was a few hours and people were freaking out. And really? I think just to see how much how much people were impacted by that, super interestingly, I think it was actually a fizzler in the forums who was saying that that was a really scary moment for her because, and I know this is true of a lot of people, her platform is Facebook, whether yeah. it's a group that you have yeah. that might have a few thousand members in it and you're prospecting from that group. It's yeah. really interesting to think about, you know, what are you going to do if something like a Facebook Facebook, I think it would probably never happen. But if it did crash and, you know, you couldn't retrieve it, that would be really scary for a lot of people. The, yep, you totally. know, the, uh, the saying is uh, the Zuckerberg giveth and the Zuckerberg taketh away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Four score and seven years ago, Zucketh did bringeth the juice upon the. You remember when you had to have an EDU uh, 
yes. email to be able to sign up for Facebook? Yep. No. Dude, you like I had you had to have a dot edu email to yeah. sign up for Facebook back in the day. College kids only. College kids only. Yeah. It was I mean, the people just don't remember. I didn't even remember. It wasn't until I heard some old NPR show about the first like senator who who used his old alumni email to get, to on, get on Facebook to yeah. talk about the Knicks or something like that. It was crazy. Okay. Um, uh, Corbett, what do you got? What's another one? What do I got here? Uh, we don't have to talk about all business stuff, right? I, I don't, have we talked about any business stuff? <laughs> have we? <laughs> well, not. Facebook is sort of businessy, I guess. Uh, so Elon Musk, I think it was today or yesterday, just said that he believes that Tesla will have a fully autonomous car in three years. I saw that. That's wow. crazy. I love that. You guys, have you been like talking about driverless cars all the time with people? It seems I like have, a pretty hot topic. Lately. I have not yeah. been dri- talking about it all the time. I see people bring it up. I, I remember the, the the Apple rumor mill is all uh, all a, a skirt. Uh, a, what is it? What do I say? Uh, a, a flutter. A flutter. Yeah. <laughs> with with uh, I think did Apple make some sort of formal announcement on that? I can't remember. Well, Google but is really into it. I know Google has been. They've always been the story. And I feel like and every time I hear like Google's like working on a whiteboard that solves problems for you, it's like yeah, duh, I figured that something like that would be going on behind those doors. But when you hear of other, because they're just like so much money and so much like future, you yeah. know what I mean? So much in the future. Right. With if Apple heads towards towards that, that means they're going like, we want to create a market and everybody's racing to that. And that's probably going to be just a massive, massive market. So, I heard someone on on uh, that uh, Bill Maher show talking about it, talking about like, listen, here's the, the argument is number four. I think it's like, it's like, it's like heart disease, cancer. Uh, something else, and then number four is is car yeah. related deaths. Yeah, and car, so this in, is a way to get in rid the United of States, number four. It, automobile accidents kill like thirty to forty thousand people every year. Mm-hmm. It's substantial. No, I think it's a few hundred thousand. No, I, I can't remember the number. I'll look it up while you do that. All right, but it, anyway, the, that's the argument, right? So some people say, but I really like to drive. You know, I don't want to give up control or whatever. And other people say that, well, um, a an autonomous or self driving car can't possibly be better than a human driver. Meanwhile, you're on the road and the idiot in front of you is texting and the one behind you is shaving. Um, And computers just don't make those kinds of accidents. So I'm excited for it. I I imagine, wouldn't it be cool if we didn't have cars and you just like dialed up an Uber or whatever when you needed one and it showed up and it was half the cost of what it is now because there's no driver? That's the thing that was crazy to me when I heard some podcast do a thing on, well, here's what it would be like. And I realized... Oh, we don't own cars anymore. No, it, you, you, it's not about like the car. It's almost dry, like public transit. You it's know, total. It's just like and and it, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's no drunk uh, driving accidents. Your grandma yeah. doesn't have to worry about renewing her no. driver's license yeah. when she gets too old. And- so listen to this: 1.3 million people around the world yeah. die every year. Yeah, thirty-seven thousand yeah. people in in America every year. One point, how many in one point three mil around the world? Yeah. That's, Crazy. That's substantial. 2.35 mil in the U.S. are injured or disabled every year. Yeah. So can, we can seriously. Can you guys that, imagine yeah. how much fun it would be to go on a road trip in a driverless car? That'd be awesome. Dude, it would be it a would party. Be, it would be <laughs> it would be there's this old what did he what did he uh where what where was this podcast? I'll have to find it and put it in the show notes because it talked it showed these old advertisements from like the 60s, GE ads like that you did like I think they did it in uh, the World's Fair. And you walked into a big room and they talked about the cars of the future. And, and you know, it's like a bubble that closes over you yeah. and it drives itself. And dad turns his seat to face the uh, the rest of the family. He's like, mind if I have a cigarette <laughs> you know I mean? in this little bubble? <laughs> sure, dad. <laughs> but it's, yeah, the idea of, of actually being able to go on a road trip, where it's, it feels like train travel. Yeah, that, right. which which still probably should be the best. I mean, I think I wish we had just like a bunch of high powered trains everywhere. That would still be the best. I yeah, you got to imagine traffic would be a lot more efficient too. Yeah, I mean, it so. would. It would no, no more of these looky loo situations. You yeah. know what I mean. Yep. Okay, listen, I've got uh, I've got uh, one short one and and one a uh, little bit longer one. What you want to do both at once? Uh, the short one is this. Uh, if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel on Fizzle, go subscribe to our YouTube channel because I'm going to be putting out a, um, a I, I bought, <laughs> I bought, I spent a lot of money and I bought uh, all of the mics that I've wanted to hear my voice on for a long time. These are podcasting mics that uh, that everybody recommends and wants you to get and this, that, and the other. And, oh, maybe I need to get the Heil PR40 in order to be a podcaster. Or maybe the Shure SM7B. Or how about the Telefunken M82? Or yada, yada, yada. I do this big mic test review. Not as, not as, not as many mics as I've seen others do, but the, the best mics. 
Okay, and then I compare them tit for tat on my voice, Barrett's voice, and Barrett's uh, fiance's voice, Nicole, to get a, a, a little bit of a sample of all those things. So I'm making that video right now, and it's really surprising. So you're going to want to get on our YouTube channel and subscribe to that if you're not already. And and I would like to do more videos. I think I'm pretty good at videos. Yeah. But I don't, I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering what you guys would like us to do videos on. So you can tweet at Fizzle or you can go to uh, fizzleshow.co slash 130. That's this episode to, to and comment. Just tell what would you like? What's an example of a video you'd like us to do a video on? Um, give me give me some of those uh, and maybe we'll maybe we'll start making them. So go over to our YouTube channel and subscribe. That's the short one. Can I do the long one? All right, that's fine. It's not, it's it's not fine. that long, right? You get a pass. <laughs> okay, Keith Richards' documentary in Netflix. What? It's it's a Netflix uh, um, original content thing. Please, but, please don't tell us this is when you decide that you want to try heroin. Listen, I've always <laughs> wanted to try heroin, but I don't have any uh, life-threatening illnesses yet. Okay. <laughs> so um, it, here, here's the thing about it. First of all, it is... It, you know, Netflix has been crushing it with original content recently. Most of the things I've ever seen them make has, have been so amazing. This one's not so, so amazing. They're okay. kind of phoning it in. But Keith Richards is so, so amazing. <laughs> it could be filmed on a goddamn iPhone. And I'd be like, that's a good, that's a great documentary. Right? So um, the thing about it is uh, it's him kind of talking about his life. But here's what I got out of it. Here's what I got out of it. He... Uh, he tells about when he first heard the blues. And I don't know. I grew up my whole life. Like the blues have always been around. I'm a guitar, I've been a guitar player for like 15 years. Like you always start with the blues. Blues have been forever. The blues are like everywhere. I, I liken it to like strawberries. You grew up with strawberries. You've had strawberries right. before. They're these big juicy red things. They're, they're okay. I'd probably prefer like a nice juicy peach instead. And then I had my first fresh picked strawberry. And I got so upset with the lie that I had been handed my entire life because strawberries that you can buy in just about any store are behemoth, gross, disgusting ogres of a fruit. They're not good. They're carbonated water dressed up like a fruit. They're disgusting, frankly. Take sir, it easy. Sir, I am offended you would even mention it. Um, they. It wasn't until I had that fresh picked strawberry that I was like, Holy crap. I didn't even know this was possible. Same has been true with, uh, with tomatoes for me. Like I didn't, like first time I had a garden fresh tomato, like someone had an heirloom tomato in their backyard. He's like, we're gonna have this for breakfast. I'm like, come on. I've had tomatoes my whole life. I never liked them. And he's like, no, just watch. Put a little olive oil and some good salt on it. And I was like, what am I eating? That's the experience that watching Keith Richards talk about the blues gave me about the music that I've heard my whole life growing up. Because... I just kind of took it as this thing that was always around and I actually prefer this other stuff more. You know what I mean? Just like a, it's always been there and I kind of prefer this other stuff more. Yep. I didn't realize how special they really were. I didn't, but, and frankly, what it is is the historical context. He's sitting in London that's bombed out. You know, there's craters everywhere and people are trying to rise from the ashes in, in, in London town from World War II and he gets, his fur, he gets to hear um, uh, Elvis for the first time. And Elvis is like, you're not just hearing the music, you're hearing like the lifestyle that he's talking about. Like it sounds like everything's carefree and easy and you just, you fall in love, you get your heart broken, but you're like doing the beach thing too. It's like, what's happening? Elvis, like, like I'm sitting in war-torn Europe and here you are. And then, then Mick Jagger, when they were in college together, Uni, uni, sorry, university. University. We're in university. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he mumbles a lot. In uni. I literally had to turn on the subtitles. <laughs> it went through yeah. like 15 minutes. I was like, oh, let's try the Is subtitles. Is he like smoking the whole time? Oh, yeah. Smoking and drinking. He's drinking He's drinking moonshine with muddy waters. No. Uh, uh, who, who is it? Bo, Bo Diddley. Uh, Bo something or other. You know the one. Um, and he's drinking moonshine. He's like, and he's mumbling all the time, and everything's an innuendo. You know, he's like, well, I'm Mitch Jagger in uni, you know. <laughs> and you're like, wait. And then the subtitle just says mumbles. <laughs> but um, it, and then Mick Jagger brought in these these records of Muddy Waters. And, and he's like, what is that? And so they put it on. And what I realized is that these guys were saying crazy things. The, the blues guys were saying things that could never be popular because they were aggressive. They were, they were like, how long am I going to let you push me around to his lady? You know, he's going to, he's saying that to his lady and that's not a pop song. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And in that, like, there's this line where, where Keith Richards says, you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm done being a pop 
artist, you know, I, I don't want to do that anymore. And it, it's so, it becomes so clear the difference between making things that can be popular and making things that you're just like, oh God, oh, it feels so good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just found myself longing for the latter, longing for Fizzle to be a place that like helps the people who do the latter actually earn a living from. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because totally. I'm just so sick of the marketing advice of like, well, go find a market that exists and then insert yourself to it, regardless of taste, quality, or or intention. Like just, yeah. just make it work. And that's the job we got to do in some ways. That's the law of the jungle. But it and the, the other law of the jungle is there's more prosperity in the world than there's ever been. You could live on less if you love something enough. And I love those people. I will always love those people yeah. so much. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. That's my blues rant. So you, uh, you did like it. I I love I like I I honestly didn't even get to finish it because I had to leave my buddy's house, but um, I didn't need to because to me the this blues bit was I will I will go and finish the 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 film, but this blues bit it's like I'm still chewing on it. Mm. I'm still realizing like this is a perfect metaphor for every creative endeavor for the difference between popularity and prosperity mm-hmm. and and like just the things that you feel. And I was looking for this quote. I, was, I think it's like Jack Kerouac or something. He's like, for Christ's sake. Feel something. I want to feel something when you make a thing. I want you to make me feel something. And I'm like, oh, and, and it's, it's just like so opposite from like, yeah, this is my, uh, my piece on something, something. It's, it's about, you know, and you're just like, oh, it's very intelligent. It's very mm. clever. It's very this, that, and the other. That's how I feel my writing is. That's how I feel like a lot of the, the music that I try to make is. And, and how, how rarely do I ever really kind of like feel it? Yeah. Like, and, and he's, there's Keith, old ass Keith Richards. <laughs> Just like whatever the what's the crypt show that there used to be uh-huh. the the um he's like the crypt keeper crypt keeper right and he's playing the piano and it's just the simplest just lamest blues thing but because of the way because of what it means to him sort of he and I can't tell if he's playing if he's just playing along if he's just pretending to like this but it doesn't look like it because of the way he he feels it it's just kind of like I think I'm starting to get this you know what I mean yeah versus like him walk looking around going. I don't know if this is cool or not. Like, well, how should I do this? Totally. You know, and the whole Stones, their whole thing was just bringing the the black blues music out. The blues had never been on TV before until they wouldn't go on some show without Howlin' Wolf come along with them. Really? And then he got up there after them on like the, uh, I can't remember what show, all black and white. And he gets up there and he goes like, this this great old voice, big, beautiful black dude, just like smiling, just like, how long am I going to let you push me around is the lyrics of the song. And I'm just like, dude, if you're a white dude living in suburban 50s America at the time, you've never heard someone say it so on the nose before. You're not allowed to talk like that in some ways. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I just loved it. Sorry, I'm ranting. This has been Chase Reeves recounts a documentary <laughs> that he saw yesterday. And so I have to give it my four chases. Five? No. But four, of course. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to like NPR. How it. narcissistic would it be for you to name your stars as yourself? Yeah. Out of a possible three alligators, I give this documentary two and a half alligators. <laughs> Perfect. All right. That's my last one. That's it? Yeah, bro. It was just like the difference between like, you know, the, the, uh, the, the feeling the things and then doing the right thing. Yeah. Feeling the things and doing something that gets yeah, I popular. Know. I know. It's just, it's it's something that it's just, it's in me and I, I want to support that in people. Yeah. I want people to, I want to, just because we're always about the people who, who are literally trying to, you know, earn a living from the thing and we have to be because the only profitable, the, the, the only people that get to do what they want to do is either they're working at an insurance agency and doing this on the side or they can at least turn a little bit of a profit to yeah. afford to do this thing. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. so. Steph, you got anything else? No, that was it for me. All right. Well, um, I the the only other thing I wanted to talk about was the new Daily Show. Did you guys see it yet? I haven't seen it. I, I, saw, I saw some an article. reviews for it. Okay. Well, I, by the way, did you update the iOS nine? I did. I updated iOS nine and I swipe left all the time now and just see like the the headlines in the news. Oh, I haven't seen that. It's oh, uh, cool. it it puts the little news right there, and now all of a sudden I know what's going on in the New York Times. Oh, nice. I I have a that's gonna I become, don't like that. That's gonna like become that. like a like an automatic sort of. Yeah, voluntary. New York Times just said this is your third article this week. You're allowed to have like whatever, or I think they're monthly or whatever. Yeah, and I have a problem with those news feeds showing paywalled content. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Anyway, the new Daily Show uh, just aired this week with Trevor Noah, who's South African, Mm -hmm. 
And um, I was surprised that the show is basically exactly what it was before with a different host. They have a new Mm -hmm. set, but they literally have the same theme music. He literally does your moment of Zen and the same sort of intro bit. Mm -hmm. It's still the same three acts throughout. And um, he did he did an all right job. I I think it's going to take him a while to get comfortable. um, And uh, also for his like. To be himself. For you to get used to like his impressions and his style of comedy and stuff. I think it's going to take a while. I think there's, there's a, uh, there's such an important uh, overlap time when something, when someone like John Stewart goes away in this institution of the Daily Show. Yeah. There's, and I've heard other talk shows, heard Jimmy Kimmel talk about this, the nightmare of the first two years. Like, and it's like two years to, to get, get the traction, yeah. to figure out who you are, what you, how you want to do this. And also, because right. you have a lot of pressure to sit, to remain the same. So there's like a transition. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching the same thing going with Colbert. Um, and I'm not seeing that live. I'm always just watching the YouTube clips of it and kind of try, noticing the subtle differences between what he was doing before and what he's doing now. Right. But also comparing that to Johnny Carson. You know, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Who this is still that show in some ways, but I'm loving the changes, the 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 modernization of it. And then thinking you know? about um, when John Oliver took over the Daily Show last summer mm-hmm. for a couple of months, yeah. um, it took him a little while, but he got into it pretty quick, I yeah. think. But also, he was fairly he was, known on the show he was already. Super known, yeah. Whereas, and he's got such an easy character to to sink your teeth in. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know, like this is the nerdy English guy. Well, and also, like we we know the nerdy English guy pretty well yeah. from you know American TV. Yeah. We don't know any South Africans really. Because so Trevor Noah is cool as hell. Is he? That guy is. Well, I mean, he just looks cool. Yeah. Like he walks into the club and you're like. Okay. All right. Who's this guy? Yeah. Where's my lady? Let's just keep her next to me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He looks cool. Yeah. So he has an uphill battle to fight that way. We need him to like. We need lots of clips of him uh, helping. You know, yeah, he with a puppy super or something like that. Self-deprecating. Yet. Yeah. And he has. He's never been on the show. That seems to be a go-to when you're the new comedian guy. You've yeah. got to go self-deprecating. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Okay, I, I love, I wish we could do shows like this all the time, but uh, we got to get the tips and tricks out there. Luckily, we got plenty of tips and tricks in there this time. I mean, we fit it all in. We got several. We got stuff about Keith Richards. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the blues. We man. talked about self-driving cars. We did, we did uh, public speaking. If you had to pick one of these to, to title it, I mean, we got to pick one. Do we? Yeah. Otherwise, I think, otherwise I think you should go, pick like three things. Otherwise, no, no. It should be like. You pick one. Fizzle show, current events, driverless cars, Keith Richards, and public speaking tips. I'm going to go public speaking tips. <laughs> See, I think that's a bait and switch. Then people start listening and they're like, well, where are the speaking tips? But you, tips? you clue it in the, in the intro. I'll be able to cue it in. Like, this right. is coming to some of the topics we cover. Uh, I, I, listener of the show, I would love to hear what you would do in this situation. Because basically, shows like this, here's what we've learned. Your headline matters uh, uh, more than anything else. That your headline is the most important. It's, That's why people listen. It's more important than the show. Yeah. Um, and it's constantly a battle of, do I, do I make this headline sizzle or do I tell you what the stake is? Well, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're about to go out for a run and you're picking your podcast or whatever, and yeah. you're, you're looking through your favorite shows, mm-hmm. you kind of scroll through the last like 10 or 15 and you're like, uh, that one. And you're picking it based on the headline. I just click play because I'm listening to everything, baby. Mm. Or I'll pick a podcast. Like now, now I'm, I've got so many things backed up that I just pick a podcast and I'll listen to all the episodes. And we do have those right listeners. Yeah. You know, and when you and when you pick a throwaway title, the listens that you get are from those people who are just hitting play on everything. Yeah. Like and now most of the shows that I listen to, every title is just one of the inside jokes that happens during the show. Mm. They're not about like a thing. They're just conversations between people who I think are intelligent or funny or whatever. Yeah. And so that's most of the world that I come from. But like if you're learning how to do something, it's a different world. I don't know. What would you? I would love to hear your example of what you would you would title this show. You'll see what I've titled it uh, when it's in your podcast player. Come to fizzleshow.co/slash one thirty. I have been Chase Reeves. Oh man, you just walked right into that one. <laughs> now I get to say whatever the hell I want to. In case people don't know what's happening right now, we have a new tradition on the show called the filibuster. And uh, <laughs> once Chase says his name. Then the torch is passed on to the next person, which happens to be me in this case. Of course, I have to realize that later, you know, Barrett and Steph are each going to get the filibuster as well. But it's just what I'm looking at right now, this look in Chase's eyes and him wanting so desperately. You hear him breathing in over there. You hear him just trying to relax because he doesn't have control of anything right now. So hard for him. Let's just sit in silence for a moment. I need to think of something real good to do with the filibuster. I'm just going to come out of nowhere with it. (laughs) I've been Corbett Barr. (laughs) I've been Steph Crowder. 
And we'll see you there, or we'll see, see you on the next time. <laughs> Good work. So there you have it. You know, I got to start learning about this whole filibuster thing. I got I to remember that. <laughs> it's the worst. It's also the best. It, it's very rare that I get to be put in a position where I actually cannot speak. And so you can't see me in the episode, but when Corbett was talking, I was literally like me- like meditating. I was pretending I was the karate kid. I had my eyes closed. I put on a bandana. And I was just like sort of waxing on and waxing off, if you get my drift. So, um, fizzleshow.co slash 130. That's 130. That's where you're going to find show notes for this episode, including a video, uh, the video of Ashton Kutcher's uh, acceptance speech, which is pretty good, and, uh, and the, the trailer for that Keith Richards documentary, as well as a link to our YouTube channel. Please do go subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, and let me know on, on the show no- on, on the comments of this episode or in a tweet to at fizzle or at chase underscore reeves. Um, what if, if you could have me make a video about something, what would it be about? I'd love to make you a video. Uh, again, you can find all of that at fizzleshow.co slash 130. Listen, if you haven't yet, please leave us an iTunes review. It just helps other people to find the show. And we want to keep doing this show. So if this has at all been helpful for you ever, I would love to hear a, a review from, from you. Um, we get reviews all the time, uh, but they're still... We still need more and more and more just to keep the train going. So I ask for it every episode. If you haven't yet, do us a solid. Leave us a review. I'd love to hear your voice. Possibly read you out on the air. Okay, guys, that's all from me for now. Enjoy the next two episodes without me. I hope uh, I hope you miss me, but I have a feeling that they're going to be really good shows because I've seen what the topics are about. So find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. And I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.